0: Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. Welcome to the latest episode of Inspiring Futures. Um, I'm in New York. My guest is in Germany, uh, Dr. Gordon Oakler. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm very good not bad yeah. um gordon is at deloitte has been at a bunch of other places um but um is also the creator of the 30-minute university um which we'll explain more about in a second so gordon welcome thank you thank you thank for you having me we've been in a lot, lot, lot of um online linkedin conversations but we've never yeah. met so this is uh yeah. this is awesome um so t- tell everyone a little bit about your uh, background, your career, how you got to where you got to. Uh, randomly, I guess. Uh,
1: it's, it's take,
0: what did you study? What did you What did you study? Um, and how, how did you get into the uh, ad marketing business? Um, I studied most of it. I, I
1: keep on saying, I, I mean, I. It's a bit of a German thing, um, um, so I studied and studied because there was always another university paying for it. So I got from degree to degree, um, ended up luckily doing a Ph.D. in Cambridge, which I massively enjoyed because, it, I mean, they basically give you or they force you um, to make use of all the freedom they give you. You you can almost invent a new world for yourself, which is brilliant, um, especially if you take yourself as serious as I do um pretentiousness is a good word um so what did you do I'm,
0: what did you do your phd in um
1: it depends on i i keep on saying some like in business i always say i did it at the business school um but my second supervisor was um from philosophy of science and science and technology studies so it's a it was a really great mixture of just reading stuff i enjoyed um so that was great Um, turns out like what I loved about it is you can invent the whole world for yourself. Um, my gut feeling, or as far as I I was probably also not good enough to be honest, but if I had stayed in academia, I think it would have been more like inventing the world is 20% of your time. And then 80% of the time is defending what you invented. And I, I. In all honesty, I don't really remember how I stumbled into advertising, but once I saw it, um, the feeling was clearly that that percentage is exactly the other way around. It's like 80% inventing and 20% defending. So I stumbled into that one and um, enjoyed it. Was lucky, um, luckily I worked with a or for um, a man called John Lowry. Um, he took over some jobs in Germany. He didn't speak a word of German. I didn't speak a word of planning. So I got a rather expensive um, planning training for the first two years or so. And I think my learning curve um, just went flat after that, but I keep on writing it.
0: Um, Where did you you work with John? Where where was that? um,
1: At Gray, out of all places. Um, I think he, um, towards, uh, after Low, he was somehow European planning chief at Gray and in Germany, it's a classic advertising story. I joined, um, moved out of Cambridge back into Germany and the person who hired me basically got fired and left the building six weeks after I joined. So I I, I thought I had an extraordinary start. Um, Turns out that that's rather the normal way. so yeah, and then John took over a bit um, of of the German planning department, and um, yeah, as I said, he didn't speak German, and used me as a um, uh, as a junior on the ground, or oh, the oldest junior there ever was on the ground, to be honest. But it was great; I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. So where where did you go from Gray? Um, I joined a. I don't think we can go through all the agencies I joined because I, I'm I'm not a, a year all um, day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I went to a local German agency which I absolutely hated um, because it's very hierarchical um, and like classic German agencies have no understanding and appreciation for planning whatsoever. It's all about doing mood boards for the creative idea afterwards, and I. I was, again, arrogant enough to say that to the owner of the agency, <laughs> so, that was that. Um, then a bit of Saatchi, where I, where I um, came in contact, with one of my favorite brands um, I had the pleasure of working on for the first time, and that's T-Mobile or Deutsche Telekom. Um, and again, I didn't know how luxurious that situation was coming in there and having something like Life is for Sharing, um, not just standing around there, but the whole company being behind it. Uh, I mean, again, I thought that's kind of the normal thing because it makes sense. Uh, and i it was just brilliant for the first time because someone someone else had developed, I, I don't know who had developed that idea, and it's just such a playground. Um, not just for advertising, but but for your mind. Like because all you do is asking, What's sharing for people? What are they sharing? What's interesting? And how is it? How is it different in Germany from Hungary, from England? Um, it's just brilliant. It, it's. It's. I mean, at its best, advertising is a, is a study of humanity, and I think life is for sharing. Did that for me absolutely brilliantly. Um, so we went from it started when 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 sharing was still like that precious phone call and sharing experiences or memories with the person you call then it got rolled over by by the california companies and they turned sharing into the little hit of a button and so it was recapturing the high ground on share i had an absolute blast Uh, i think whoever I again I, I still don't know I still haven't found out who 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 came up with that line but I owe that person a lot
0: because it was Yeah it's very it's very interesting uh how um I I just did an uh, podcast with the guys um behind uh, better briefs yesterday yeah and and we were really talking about um just uh, the lack of discipline that the you know putting rolling their sleeves up and putting the work in to get to life for sharing, you know, anymore, you know, it's just, and, and you sort of end up chasing your tail. If, yeah. if, if you don't have something to, to give you that gravitational pull uh, and center everyone. And when you have something, and once a few people execute against it, you sort of start to build a, build a body of work. And then yeah. other people sort of try to be competitive or they have like a signifier that they know uh, how to do this or, you know it has it has has validity um so yeah. yeah that's great that's awesome i remember it's there was a, they did some it didn't wasn't one of the pinnacle th- uh, things a, a big stunt they did uh, a big uh yeah. such, did a big stunt in an airport train station or something i can't remember yeah 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 the liverpool street station yeah the the, liverpool the, street the, station yeah it looks slightly
1: odd with hindsight because everyone else after that did flash mobs for years um yeah. and when that came out for the first time it was like yeah exactly oh wow, it felt I, I i still don't know whether it was real or staged but it most importantly it felt real
0: yeah um,
1: it felt like this is good in in a time like this was my the first big financial crisis i experienced mm-hmm. and everyone There was big doom and gloom and and then that frothy little ad of people just randomly dancing. It also shows like, yes, it's just advertising, but it it can do good things. Um, I mean, with I don't know whether it's it's coming from that, but I I also started a um, two years ago in Germany, a study of um, we realized it's one of the sentences John always told me, like there supposedly was a year in in the UK when, um, uh, when, um, sorry, there's a security thing on my laptop, um, when when people actually liked the advertising more than the actual TV program. And that's, at the end of the day, that's worth fighting for. So we did a study we, because we realized no one knows What's the advertising, the people in Germany like? And more scientifically, um, there is, oh God, I, I forgot his name, the, the famous professor from Australia with um, salience. Um, Iron said, Sharp. Iron Sharp, yeah. So it's salience, salience, salience. And salience is one of the few marketing concepts that 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 made it to the boardroom and made it to the CEO. But no one knows how. <laughs> so, so, and wh- who's doing well? So, so, we did a do a simple survey where we ask two thousand Germans every month, asking them whether they've seen an ad recently that they really, really liked. And to our surprise, every month, or through the pandemic and everything, more than forty five percent say yes, I did, and then they can describe it. And I think that's such an uplifting thing. You can achieve that, and that's great. Um, so, I th- yeah, I-, I think that. Yeah. We've seen that it's possible. It's worth doing. It's f- effing hard. I-, I don't think I ever succeeded in it, but it it makes you get up in the morning.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. It's hard, and it's harder. To, it's just harder and harder to do, for yeah. all kinds of reasons. Yeah. So. Um, you're now at deloitte right yeah so that is that a big change from from, <laughs> from advertising to co- consulting um honestly no um
1: because i mean in a, in a, in a, in, a, in the simplest way and i'm not saying it all it always works and everything is different here i mean I'm talking to the same clients. It's still CMOs, it, there's no different. Like agencies also have, like the whole myth, it's only consultancies who have access, no. Um, there's one difference. Um, I, still, I still do the same. I still try to solve business problems creatively. That's still the same. It's the tools or the toys to do that are a bit wider. So th- there, is a, there is a complete management consultancy called Monitor in here. It was founded by Michael Porter, and they're, they're good at proper, proper business strategy. And it's lovely to work with the proper, proper business strategy, because if you can root your creative ideas into the business strategy, well, it kind of makes sense. Um, then there are also people, my favorite toy that I never knew before I signed is there's a Um, There's a talent group here. They do startup as a service. So they do startups, innovations, products for companies, for their clients. And if you just on paper, if you throw that together, uh, that just, I couldn't resist that. (laughs) I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that this always works and it's easy and everything, but if if you could do that, I can't see a reason not to give it a try. And so far, it's, it's
0: great fun. Where and where's the creativity? as is is where's you know, we have a creative department at agencies. Is there a creative department at Deloitte? There, there are no departments at Deloitte. Um, okay. Are
1: there creatives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think that the bigger thing is like if you want to write something on top of it, it's probably business creativity. Yeah. So. It's not yes. There are creatives who can write ads, but there are also creatives who can write brands, yeah. and then there are creatives who can write startups or yeah. do startups, and there are yeah, creatives yeah. who do. Yeah. So I think that's the interesting bit. Whenever we achieve that, it's worth it.
0: Yeah, that's really. I mean, it's one. Of, it was one of the things I was really uh, trying to get wrestle in my head. Was was if you think of the if you think of the money. That's being invested mm-hmm. in new ideas. And the fact that agencies have are nowhere near it. You know, they're nowhere near Silicon Valley. Yeah. Uh, but they have all the components. They have the strategy. They have the creativity. Maybe they don't quite have the business rigor, but they could partner with someone to get yeah. that. Um, but they're nowhere. There's no, um, there's very, very few. There are, there are none, but there are very, very few examples. Of agencies mm. creating businesses. Yes, uh, and I think
1: it's not the ideas that are lacking. I, I, I don't think we have better business, product, service ideas than like it's the same creative people. Um, but here's a place um, that's used to building or use that has built these kind of things before, and it's about building them. I mean um very often in the past when we presented a service or you should it's like okay you have two slides if you're lucky you have three slides but that's superficial it. it's
0: superficial at best right it's, it's yeah. there's, no, there's no depth uh rigor to those things they're they're sort of like, yeah. like thrown on the wall as as as, as a an, an idea i think agencies got themselves into a lot of trouble with that type of thinking it was just yeah. never never, never Never really thought through, and I, I, you know, I remember we were doing those kind of decks, and then mm-hmm. I went to a bigger agency and just visited a bigger agency sure. in New York, and happened to see that they were doing exactly the same thing. And it was all about how many I did. It was all about we'll show you all the ads,
1: mm-hmm. then we'll
0: show you all this other stuff. Yeah, there's fifty. There's fifty slides of all this other stuff, and you could do this. And I think the cons- the, the clients were going, what the hell is this? <laughs> it was sort of like a random a random list of stuff and there was like one idea would have cost 50 million dollars to execute the other would have cost 50 dollars uh, <laughs> yeah so, so there was no sense of no sense of prioritization um so yeah i think uh, okay yeah i think the other thing is um i think there's a lot of uh there's a you know if you want to do a phd in um, creative talent, that would be kind of interesting because I think creative, I think the person who is the writer of a screenplay for a feature film is not the same person necessarily as the person who writes a 30 second ad. Or yeah. so, so there are these, I think creativity is quite compartmentalized in its skill sets. And I think they have their own incentive systems. Um, and as you said for all the reasons we were talking about when you get advertising right it's great and we want to wake up in the morning and make great ads i think if you're a creative i think that's especially true and that that is your incentive no one's saying you're coming into this business to create businesses for people that's mm. never been that's never been an incentive in the advertising industry and so i think that's probably the problem it's 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 just like you know doing great ad work is the is the model and we don't have no one's created a, another another model yeah and I think it's a pity because
1: uh, I mean from my experience the creators are really good at coming up with these ideas um i, I still I, i'm still not not any better at it than i was at at the agency but now after my slides um if the client, think that's interesting or if i present the idea um if the client says i think that's interesting then we can say okay let's set up a next meeting and i'll bring the pros B- because i can't i still can't i'm not claiming oh no, now that i'm at deloitte i can come up with oh, but, no but i yeah, still you,
0: you the, the conversation you know it's it's a similar thing to um you know doing the cust- doing a proper customer journey map oh yeah uh, where way you, but you're an ad agency so you you only deal you only have competency mm-hmm. in a small part of the customer journey yep. and when it comes to saying well really the real key emotional trigger here is what your crm system is but if you don't do yep. crm then you're sort of you know you're sort of like you know got one hand tied behind your back so yeah i, guess, <laughs> I think i think the 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 beauty of having depth and consulting is to be able to say, well, we've done this before and we have yeah. people who know how to do this. Yeah. So that's, that's a great opportunity. Fantastic. So let's, um, let's switch to 30 minutes. Yeah. Rusty. Do you want to, uh, let's start out by explaining what it is because I'm sure there yeah. are people who don't know what it is. Um I think that, I think the best
1: way to explain it is is how, how it came into being. Um it, it was basically a po- it's also fu- funny you might want to edit this out but I keep for the first year I kept on saying I, I made a post where I ranted about German strategists that they are not being trained in in rigorous strategy. All they do is mood board and oh that needs to be changed. Um and then people responded and said, oh, look, yeah, I want to learn strategy. And more people responded, oh yeah, I'm happy to to, to teach. But that was, <laughs> that was complete bullshit. Because after a year or so, we scrolled through my LinkedIn profile and looked at the original post. And it was m- me being, I, I must have struggled with the strategy or something. And I, I made a desperate post saying, look, I don't think I, I can do strategy anymore. Can someone help me and explain strategy to me? And really nice, many people replied, yes, we can. And many other people replied, oh, yeah, we want to learn strategy too. And then I just started connecting them. Um, and because I felt like like a thief of people's time, I, I always said, oh, just 30 minutes. And that's how it developed, more or less. And... Um, um, 30 minutes proved to be a good thing because it feels like no one can say, or not many people can say no to 30 minutes, as long as you plan, I don't know, a week or two in advance. Um, It's also, people are incredibly generous. Um, I I mean, their mentor, I mean, like you, like, it's incredible. I keep on wondering, Ed, like, I I don't want to know your day rate, but it's certainly not cheap and he, he keeps on coming up and saying, yeah, yeah, I have time, I'm I'm happy. And um, there are board members from massive companies doing it, CMOs. And it always also feels like the mentors get as much, we always had fear of we're not getting enough mentors because they're all busy people and make good money. But we always had it, like we had a similar balance. We had, Sometimes even more mentors coming in than mentees. So, and um, yeah, and, and it also reminds you of how great people are because in I think we by now connected probably one and a half thousand meetings or so. And well, I think there was one or two where we got something like oh that that was rude or something. But people are it, it's nice. It, it it's really a, a doses of. Um, It restores a little bit of faith in humanity. Um, uh, It's just good. Um, And it keeps on growing like this because every time someone comes in and tells someone, there are more people coming in. And so so that's what it is. We we connect people for 30 minutes, one-on-one across the globe. And from our experience, the further away the people are, the more beneficial it is for both of them
0: um, to to see different culture, different countries and so on. So the, there are two parts to this. One is the um the talks, the 30-minute yeah. talks. Ah, and, yeah. and then the other part is the mentoring. So you, you have um yeah. you have a combination of um lots of people joining to hear one strategist CMO yeah. talk or uh, explain yeah. thinking, and then you have the opportunity for younger strategists to have direct mentorship. Yeah. Um yeah. more experienced strategists. But again, it,
1: it, I think you caused it literally uh, because whenever we we had you in a post being available for a one one-on-one chat, there were always like ten people wanting to chat to add,
0: and we're like, we don't know why that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, <laughs> we we yeah, can And I I go back to your point earlier about getting the you know. I learned so much from those sessions. Um, and you know it was really rewarding to um, yeah, to impart some knowledge. But I, I felt that um, you know the, the problem the problem we often face, especially when you're working freelance, is you're not in an office and you, you know you don't have a team of 20, oh. 20 or ten. You're working on your own, so you miss a, you don't quite have your finger on the pulse. Of, of what the mood of the strategy or certainly the mood of the younger strategist is. Yeah. And you get a little bit disconnected from that as you're working on your own. And um, I mean, I've had some experiences more recently where I have been actually, you know, one job recently where I was sort of part of my responsibility was to mentor a young strategist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did get more knowledge, but you tend to default to your experience. Mm-hmm. I remember when I would, you know, but that's not really relevant, you know, because the world is the world has changed. And um, the resources you now I was surprised. I mean, what surprised me so far is um, how much more resourceful and resilient the younger talent has to be. They they have to be able to. I mean, this is all written up and everything by consultancies, but to hear it firsthand, um, to hear it from um strategists in more um developing markets that they can't just be a strategist yeah that they have to you know be a trend watcher be a writer um you know that that they need they need a multi-tool skill set um mm-hmm. which which was which is very interesting and then um sort of worrying for me as well was a little bit of the trend of this sort of uh a lot of talented people who are getting paid on freelance but are actually getting paid not a lot of money. Um mm. uh, a sort of uh I don't I, I I don't want to say the sort of Amazon workers of strategy. Um uh, oh, okay. yeah, people working on the coalface, doing a lot of work and um not getting a huge amount to pay, maybe it's sort of subcontracted. Uh, I didn't, I mean, I don't have like a thorough investigation of like a lot mm. of detail, but I, I sense that in from my, some of my conversations that that was happening um so yeah it was it was very it, it was very interesting and um you know i think i think it's good for you know another thing i i mean another thing i hear that um is, is that cso's are so busy they, yeah, they're, they're becoming more and more disconnected from their departments too and, I, and i'm sure with the pandemic that's become even worse um I did a. I did a. one of my favorite projects I've done as a freelancer was to um, work with a strategy department of a very small agency. And it was only like a two-day engagement, but the, the project was really um, help impart, help what was happening to them was they, in new business, they were getting blamed.
1: Mm.
0: For, uh, why are they, why isn't the agency winning new business? Well, it was because their strategy wasn't strong. Oh, That's wow. It. And so their senior management came to me and said, can you help impart some like skills? And what I learned actually was that, yeah, I mean, maybe they could have been sharper and a little bit, but they were very good. It was a very good team and they worked really well as a team. The problems were actually the obstacles inside the organization that were preventing them from really being at their best. Yeah. And so I could, as an objective third party, I had some credibility to listen to them they trusted me to tell me what they thought and what was going on and then i could impart that knowledge to the senior management to help change the culture a little bit so they could actually operate effectively because i think that's such an issue with strategy is um you know you can be brilliant and your team can be great but if the leadership and the, and the, and the, and the powers that be inside the organization don't want you to succeed, they will not make it possible. And if there's a crazy director who's never liked strategy or there's account management who think you're taking over their jobs, they will make your life hell. And uh, no matter how much you know and how good you are, those those will be barriers that will be hard to, to push down.
1: I mean, yeah, I, mean, that, I think I always felt like that's the beauty and that's the worst of the job because at the end, I I never was the one who writes the ads. Um and that's also very satisfying. <laughs> um because that, that I mean that's where where the
0: rubber hits the road. That's 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 the that's the, tough, that's the really tough job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I was saying that to a creative uh, a couple of days ago and I was going through a brief. I said this is relatively easy for me. Yeah. Uh, you've got the you know the work is really quite hard. Um because you have got to take everything that I've written down in a thousand words, and and write five words, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. and also the rejection rate. I th- I think I mean. I probably have a, for every brief I got through, I got two rejected or something.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean creatives. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably more like ninety nine to one. Um. So, I, yeah. But that's also why it's easy to get pushed out um, and pushed down um, because it doesn't become so visible. Like you can't push out the creative at the end of the day, because if there are no ads, well, it's difficult. Um,
0: you don't have people to make them. You don't, you don't have an ad agency, yeah. true. So yeah. what, when, you, when you look back, um, you know, from the 30 minute university, what do you think the themes, the big themes and issues around brands, consumers about strategy that are coming? a, a, a big comings sort of critical as we get into 22 mm. what what do you, you know um what is what what in your mind is is mm. um is helping shape strategy um i mean one of the
1: not, it's not a secret but i, I mean i am I'm neither mentoring nor being a mentee at the university. All I do is forward messages. Um, So uh, I I can't give a complete picture. What I see in my job right now, I mean, there's clearly one big thing um, uh, and we like to call it um, sustainable is the new digital. Like like in, in the last two decades, everything you did had to be related somehow to digital, build digital, make it more digital. And that's going to be for the next 20 years um, sustainable. I mean, all brands have to do it, want to do it. They probably also already have a big budget to do it, but no one knows how, because the one thing that's clear is no one can go out these days and do a big, happy, clappy, sustainable campaign. Yeah, we love sustainability. You'll get slaughtered for this and deservedly so. but finding ways of making sustainability integrated into your brand, into what your company does, into, like, there's massive, up there's a massive potential. Um, and, and it's a good, I mean, coming back to your initiative, planning for good, it feels like you, you've been probably just a couple of years too early because
0: now it's massive. Um, and yeah. that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really just... It was. It, I mean, I start the first experience I had it was. It was really, really interesting. Was um, when I was at McCann. I was a pretty mm-hmm. young planner, and um, we got appointed by Unilever to be their agency for a new sustainable product. This was before mm-hmm. two thousand. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, we. It was the first time Unilever had ever um, briefed an agency before they had a product. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were basically working as consultants and, uh, you know, advisors to a process that involved flying into London, a German folklore specialist, an (laughs) academic who spent half a day explaining why Umwelt or the environment was so important to the psyche of Germans and why woods and trees had (laughs) a place. In the hearts. So yeah. this was very fascinating for us because we saw Germany at the forefront of this yeah. movement way back then. And you know, all the things we saw coming out of Germany, we expected to be, you know, find their place in other European countries, especially with the with the European Union and everything. Um, but um what was really interesting because it ended up being um you know, it was a very they the 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 plan was to launch a brand new brand mm. um in in household and and, and and washing detergents. Yep. And at the end of the day, they said that the the it wasn't a good investment to build a new brand. What they were they going to do is take all the learning from the 18 months or whatever it had been. And incorporate them into their existing brands. So rather mm-hmm. than building a dedicated, yeah, sustainable brand. And in, and, 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 you know, in hindsight, that was incredibly smart. At the time, it was like, what ah, we've <laughs> we wasted all this time. Um yeah. but yeah, I think um, you know, I think the point I think what you're talking about is this is a whole new discipline. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, the skill set around sustainability. There aren't enough people, people, we've never done this before. And there aren't yeah. people, there aren't people who know what to do. I mean, maybe there are some sort of old school warriors who've been at it for a while, but there isn't a younger, you know, we're learning this, we're, we, we're, we're trying to understand what it means. And I think, I think the big, you know, the big conflict really is, you know, we're an industry, as an advertising industry, and you know, as capitalist, you know, driven corporations, are about growth. You know, we're about selling more stuff. You know, because yeah. we don't know there isn't another system. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, if you use that force,
1: that force towards ever more growth, inching another percent, half a percent, on top of it. If if you aim that brutal force at sustainability that's so i think that's brilliant um and also i think the other thing that is the connection to digital like sustainability is as um complete or or do you say totalistic in english i don't know as as digital like it's not just about the ads it's not just about the brand oh yeah 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 it impacts everything you do yeah, I mean one of my favorite examples from, from Deloitte, like we are not just a consultancy, we are originally also an auditor. Yeah. And guys in in Australia, they, they use that for sustainability. I think they did a basically an audit of the economic value of the Great Barrier Reef. Mm. Um, so and all of a sudden, as soon as you have that number, what's the contribution to the Australian e- economy? you have a force against someone saying, oh, look, I need fishery, f- uh, fishery claims over it. I need tur-
0: And I think that's exciting. I think that's yeah. brilliant. That's yeah, yeah, uh, you put an economic value on, on a resource. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. What about, um, I don't know if you've gone into this, this um, the headless brands, this whole, uh, you know, this idea that it's really being str- uh, driven by Bitcoin and mm-hmm. this whole idea that um, there are these new communities that are kind of, of building around brands. They don't really have owners. They kind mm-hmm. of are the community is the owner, and the community decides. And it's sort of like I guess it's a it, it's it's a leap from this idea that you can't control anything anymore. You know, this idea this this idea that um, where where channel where you know traditional marketing was much more controllable and um you know we, we just didn't have um this dispersion of information and all these other things so this this sort of i guess is taking to this point where um brands are sort of be these um uh self-forming f- organisms you know they're almost like they almost like become natural phenomena that arrive out of communities and are created by communities and um grow or die depending on how the communities work so they're less uh driven by top-down corporations and they're more driven by the end users um i think that's a pretty interesting i i mean it's very yeah. sort of, theoretical and there aren't a lot of practical examples and there aren't many corporations who are prepared to give over their valuable assets to the community or even to believe that that uh, is something they should do but it it seems there's a lot of discussion uh around um around what this means and um just even from the the basis of social media and, and and memes um uh determining their own meaning taking their own meaning i i think i I think
1: i can't remember that a brand ever was controlled or could be controlled because i mean all you can give out is a stimulus um and then you see what what happens um i mean to start with whether, whether it interests people i mean and then what they do with it um so i think i think it's good i mean it always has been that way and you i think you rather admit that and try to try to make it work that way rather than pretend um to be in control and and be how are you going to control what people think about you You can't you you can give them something to engage with to play with um so yeah i I think it's brilliant lovely i mean coming back to to life is for sharing i mean you can't control what sharing is to people yeah i mean because sharing is what you in their life you can try to ride the wave add something to it play with it that's always been better
0: yeah um, what what's, um, are you seeing any brands in Germany that are are particularly interesting to you in terms of the way they're going about marketing themselves or the way they present themselves? Um, um, yeah, I mean the the big
1: example is um, is obviously Gorillas. Um, I remember the shock um, when. Um, when you first hear, like, the, there's someone delivering in ten minutes, and it's literally for the first time in a long time, uh, in a long time that you think, like, that can't be true. Um, and they do it, and and I, I lit, like we lived in Düsseldorf. It obviously started in, I think, in Berlin. And I had a friend trying it out, and literally, I like call me when whether it works, and it worked. And I think that's on the one hand it's classic because they they do something they have a they have at least for for a couple of weeks they had a usp and it, it was so interesting that everyone talked about um so yeah i think that
0: that was quite quite exciting um, yeah and we've got i mean they're over here They are like, literally they're just down the road from me mm-hmm. uh, and it, it, it's quite interesting to see sort of what their physical like they're in these sort of ghost. It's a ghost grocery store. Oh, so they're kind of all blacked out. Oh and, wow! And there are sort of drivers, um, uh, bike riders coming in and coming out. <laughs> <forgot> um, the <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I mean it's just it's it's fascinating. I mean there's um. There's talk that they're gonna put all these uh like um minority owned sort of bodega out of business. Yeah uh, um okay. but uh yeah I think that it was interesting when we posted on LinkedIn to see actually that a lot of people were saying that they don't deliver in 10 minutes anymore. Yeah. Uh which basically means that if they can't do that, then they might not have a brand very much longer or a business. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, what- um so what when you think back to 30-minute university what do you where do you think it's going to go is it is it uh what what do you think in 2020 just going to have more things or (laughs) are you are you planning to do things differently should we get all the mentors together and have a, a a mentor round table should we um do debates on some things like uh you know what's the future of the brand and everyone can sort of uh we have some people like maybe uh debate about the the brand is dead the brand isn't dead and uh, have some sort discussions where everyone's on a like equal plane. It doesn't matter whether you're a mentee or mentor. Yeah, there we go. I mean, sorry,
1: I'm I'm, I'm a bit slow, um, but when you said headless brands, I mean, we're clearly not a brand, but 30 Minute <laughs> University is certainly headless. Um, so I think like I'll pick, I'll pick up any idea. And I think that's lovely because um, that, that's the best talk so far when people just mashed and 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 talked yeah. and like many no presentation i think that's brilliant because just the fact to ask someone and someone else listening and chip, i think that's brilliant yeah let's do that yeah um, we're also trying to i'm personally as i said i'm an old person i loved university so i'm very happy to have that we do the um the white papers or the the, the working papers it feels like that's a good thing because it's easy to, to share, easy to read, and you don't have to be there at a specific time. But after your your description of what these sessions actually are, I think it's,
0: yeah, let's do an open session and see. Um, yeah, let's- And then you the sort of thing. write the right paper together and then you sort of- Yeah. And it's then it becomes like, it's not like the authorship is not- um, it's not expert it's yeah. kind of community based and you know yeah um, that's right. because i think i think um i think we're all look looking for um you know i get i guess it's to do with uh, analysis right you know this just you know it's easy to find information it's very hard to find thoughtful analysis and, yeah. and, and then uh you know to develop points of view i think that's the biggest you you know, a lot of strategists are just picking up information and trying to organize it in in a nice way. It's sort of like, as you said, the mood board, but like, you know, a mood board of information. But what's the kind of, what does it really mean? Uh, And what's your point of view? To me, those are the, the fundamental skills that, you know, you're either just a person working in strategy or you're a strategist. And if you're a strategist, I think you really have to have a point of view. Yeah. And I think for a lot of strategists, that's really hard. Young strategists, that's really hard. They feel that um, sometimes that they, they don't have the space to do that and yeah. they don't really have the confidence to do it either. Um, you know, it's uh, it's something that um, I think if you work on it collectively and you and, yeah. and you give what, what to me is interesting is you give people the freedom of space where they're not in a situation where it's a client Um, uh, they have the luxury of thinking big picture um it would be great to see what they could people would come up with and i think it would be fun for them to get involved yeah what what i love about your thought is like giving like the the really
1: really big questions like what is a brand in 2022? Oh, like, because that's where I'm really, no one, the the question's where no one knows the answer. And that's why it's all the more important to hear the different opinions, the different views, um, the different countries, like the, yeah, I I love that. I'll give it a
0: go. Um, now, Now you made it again. We're well I, i'm yeah i'm now responsible for making a lot of work for everyone um yeah. it's simple we just we just create that space on google
1: and invite everyone it's simple it's yeah, it just
0: we have a we have a theme um maybe you need somebody to be uh like just set it up a little bit mm-hmm. just maybe spend 5 minutes yeah. setting it up throwing some thoughts down and then we need someone sort of recording uh ah. That's our big trouble. Works <laughs> we'll right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds pretty no, good. you know what I love? I'm, I, I'm sure you've these have you seen these meeting visualizers? No. Oh, Actually. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yes. That would be lovely. You kind of want to find someone who's starting out and wants to make a name for themselves yeah. and uh will, will volunteer. Um and, and we could publicize because yeah. you end up with this beautiful visual of all the conversation. It's really cool. And that's our working paper.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think John, coming back to John, he, he
1: did it. He he did once like he's it's incredible um how, how explorative he is. He he did one working paper where he basically he draw drew the, the University of Planning and put all the building blocks that make the cool. discipline in it. Brilliant. Um yeah. courageous.
0: Um yeah. Cool. Cool. Let's try um, that. let's try that. So that's a good that's a good thought to end on. Yeah. Uh, any um, any suggestions? What strategists should be doing in the holidays? Should they? Is there a book they should read? Should they be getting more sleep? Uh, <laughs> or, uh, should they get out and uh, and take a walk in the woods? What would what should uh, the few days? Books, 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 I, books. I, I'm, I'm an, I, I, I Any I don't books? To, uh, any books you recommend that people should be picking up? Take a um, look. At yeah, creative. I'm
1: looking around here. So I think the one is "Creative Destruction" by two old McKinsey guys. It's probably the best quantitative argument for innovative and create, therefore, creative thinking, and it's sea level bulletproof. Um, so, so that that one I always recommend. Um, Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> I'm on a lifelong project to read all Shakespeare plays. Ah, oh, that's impressive. Uh, yeah I'm getting I'm, uh, it's also sad I'm getting to the last third and it feels like that's also
0: my last <laughs> but anyways um so what what's the what does what does Shakespeare I mean this seems like a 30 minute university topic that you've now got to do what just yeah. learn what can learns from Shakespeare? I mean it's obvious the humanity mean, yeah, the fundamentals <laughs> of humanity and then you can yeah, give yeah. us some examples of yeah. how man how this man in the sixteenth century, um was was actually the greatest strategist that ever lived yeah i I mean i mean he's
1: the greatest pretty much of every every, everything everything. yeah incredible
0: yeah i think that's the so so a strategist who's new to shakespeare what would you recommend that the first thing they pick up given that it's a it's quite a canon of work where would you start um i think
1: too um be, because they're so closely related it's um and i probably get the names wrong i right know but like uh the one is it julius caesar where it's yeah. about or is it called, yeah, julius caesar and then um antony and cleopatra patra yeah. yeah because they're basically the same topic um uh with two completely different um takes on it at least in my little world in in one that's, right. that's all about Power, and the other one is love
0: versus power. That's the Worst summary ever. <laughs> no, now, now you're on the spot. Now you're on the spot for actually actually doing a thing on Shakespeare. OK, I'm sure, you'd, I'm sure you'd love to do that. And I'm sure yeah, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So it's of a course.
1: Fantastic.
0: Gordon, uh, thank you so much for your time. This has been great. Thank um, you. I really appreciate you. Uh, um, meeting you and hearing what you have to say, and I'm wishing you uh, all the best for the holiday. Thank you for having me. As usual, I, I learned the most, um,
1: <laughs> so that's why I love these things. Um, and that was basically my first um, mentorship um, at the Thirty minute University. I, I don't guess. know who was.
0: I don't know who was the mentor here. It was, it was kind of shared, I think. Yeah, that was the idea. That's the beauty of these things. Yes, so thank you so much. And uh, yeah, wishing you a great end of year and a and a wonderful beginning of twenty two. Thank you. Thank Thanks you
1: for having me.
0: This is your host Ed Cotton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.